You gotta have a podcast. 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 Hi, everybody. Welcome back to You Gotta Have a Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Palladino, and we're back with another episode for season two, the season of The Swerve. Today, we are talking to an incredibly talented professional chef content creator, and recent Chopped champion, Alex Baker. Alex and I met recently working on a project that involved food and video, two of my favorite things in the world, and she's just a gem of a human, and this was a really interesting conversation. We chatted about how she started her career in PR and thought that that was going to be the trajectory for her, and then very quickly realized that she had to follow her passion for food. We go deep about what it's like working in professional kitchens and being a private chef. We go off on a minor tangent about our favorite pasta shapes and sauces. And, of course, we get the lowdown on everything that happened on her episode of Chopped. It's super fun and super different than any other conversation on any of our other episodes because Alex is the first person in the food world to join me for a chat. I had a great time, and I think you'll enjoy it, too. Here is my conversation with Alex Baker. I was an intern publicist, pretty much, um, you know, pitching outlets for various companies like Illegal Mezcal was one of my clients then. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we did some really cool things there, but I was there briefly. And then I moved on. I was hired by a crisis management firm. And <laughs> yeah, and it was cool. Some of, not all of our clients were crisis, but <laughs> after doing the grab him by the pussy scandal for Billy Bush, um, I was like, Skirt. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is a truly a traumatic uh, experience. I'm sure working on the crisis management for that. That and like the Gawker Hulk Hogan scandal. I, you know what, what a time and a place, because I can tell you literally what like season of like 24, 15, 16 that was. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Summer 2016. Summer. <laughs> we called it. We called it the summer of Gawker. <laughs> it's so wow. It really is. You're dating yourself here, Alex. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um. So did you just like up and drop everything, or like fuck this? I'm gonna go to culinary school. How did how did the idea of of, of getting into to cooking come come to you, or is this something you always wanted? I always loved it. Yeah. I never thought that I was going to be able to make it a career in the sense where I'd actually be physically doing it. I thought yeah. it was going to be like, I'd go into food media. Like, I think a lot of my life I was told that I should go into communications because I am a very vocal person. I mean, um, same. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes, like our type is always told, you know, our extroverted, like able to put whatever into words type is always told like you should be in communications and so I was like I should be in communications and so I went to school for that I went to Ithaca College and the Park School of Communications it's like one of the best comm schools in the country Uh um not saying I was a good student but I worked really hard to get into this communication school (laughs) and um I always loved cooking and thought I'd do like food PR or something and then once Mm -hmm. I was actually in PR it it was that 360 out of nowhere jump where I like one day, like I had been looking into culinary schools for maybe like two months, just like seeing what's out there. And then I mm-hmm. was like, you know, called my family. Hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you think? As yeah. soon as I got like enough like support behind me, <laughs> I felt like I had the confidence to like take that full 360 turn. Um, and I just literally walked into my boss's office and was like, I'm going to go to culinary school. I'm going to leave PR. Yeah. And so, they were so supportive. It was cool. That's cool. So yeah. it was always food for you. And you were just like, well, people are telling me I should do calm. So I'm going to do like the food, the, the closest thing to food in calm I can. Like, I want to try to do food PR. And then you were like, actually, fuck the PR thing. I'm just going to do the food. Totally. Part. <laughs> totally. And and I also will say that I always had sort of an obsession with food media. So mm. I thought that that was going to be fulfilling for me and a way to make money rather than being like in a kitchen. Yeah. Um, 
I like always like watched the Food Network obsessively and like was really into Bon Appetit magazine and like all of its parts and people and celebrities and all of that. And yeah, and th- that to me was like People magazine, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, um, totally. So, yeah. so I, I want to get into the food media thing a little bit later in the combo, but first I want to like get a full understanding of like your journey. So then you went to culinary school you just like turned out this job and then did you just sign up for the next like semester opening and did you just like start immediately I signed up for the next semester opening um but I really didn't like my job like I was really unhappy and I think that was part of the I mean that's what I haven't mentioned yet right was that Mm -hmm. I was like miserable at NPR like I really hated it I would like cry after work being like what the hell am I doing with my life and like I was still with Christian. I was with Christian at the time since we've been together since we were born practically and, um, and also dating me. And um, just a couple of babies dating, just a couple of babies dating, babies, <laughs> dating babies and um, still are. And he like, couldn't stand seeing me like, like yeah. this all the time. It was like miserable for both of us. Yeah. Um, so I like made it like my 25th birthday was my last day in PR. Like I like made it like a thing. I was like, this is going to be it. And yeah, I started working at like a um, little cooking school for kids that was right near my culinary school. So that when I started oh. school, I could still pick up shifts here and there. Yeah. Um, and in between leaving my job and starting school three months later, I just did that. And yeah, cool. I, cool. I, I really relate to that because I had a very similar a trajectory where like I I studied communications in college as well I was going to go into marketing I did go into marketing for like two and a half three years I hated it was miserable every day and was like oh what I really want to do is make films and make comedy so and I I did that same thing yeah uh where yeah right around like 24 I was like I can't live like this for the next 40 years until I retire I'm gonna kill myself (laughs) what were you doing in marketing Um, I worked at a publishing company for a little while and was basically like copy editing. And then after that, I worked in for an event company and I handled their media sponsorships and did all like the the advertising placements for their sponsors of the events. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like with things like that, there's like really cool parts of the job, probably like. Mm -hmm. But then like most of the time, it's like boring. Yeah, like it was mostly boring. Also, like the event one specifically, I was traveling all the time and working That's like cool. 90 hour a week. Oh. Yeah, but I was traveling to like Des Moines <laughs> and like going to Vegas for like conferences and yeah. like Scottsdale and <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. It's like it's not exotic places. <laughs> right. That's where like, and you're working the whole time you're there. So even if you did want to check it out. Yeah. No, yeah. But, I know. Um, the, the communications ended up being really boring. Yeah. It's crazy because you think you're gonna be talking or meeting people and it's not that, yeah. I mean, when I, in school, my favorite thing was, I mean, I've always been a performative asshole. So my thing in school was always like, I loved the, uh, I loved my public speaking classes and I loved presentations <laughs> and I loved anytime I would get to make a video. Uh, so funny because there were those like, kids oh, that yeah. hated that. I know. You know. I was like, let me, I was like, this is great. I don't have to prepare anything. I can just get up here and talk. Perfect. That's me doing stand up comedy 10 years later. <laughs> I mean, I really want to see your show. I really want to see you perform. I know. Well, I don't know how, like, with the pandemic and everything, it's so weird. I haven't performed yeah. on a stage in uh, like a year and a half, obviously. So I'm just like, uh, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> wow. And so I'll let you know you the do? next time it happens. Please. That would be awesome. We would definitely <laughs> love to come. Um, <laughs> And so what did you do? What did, where did you go? Like, what was your jump like? I just quit and started, I just went back to waiting tables and then started freelancing for video um, immediately. Um, And then I moved to New York about six months after that to, to like get more into comedy writing and video. Um, So, but yeah, my, my fallback was just like, uh, cause I had waited tables for all high school and college and everything. So I just went back to waiting tables and then, uh, started trying to get clients for freelance work at the same time until I had enough that I didn't have to wait tables anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's a classic combo, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, um, so, okay. So where, I know you've mentioned this to me before, but please remind me, where did you go to culinary school? I went to ICC, which mm-hmm. very sadly shut down during the pandemic. 
Oh, man. Yeah, really, it's really unfortunate. It was formerly the French Culinary Institute, which I feel like mm-hmm. is what it's known as. Um, yes, I've heard of that. Uh, yeah. And then I think like maybe a year or two before I went there, so maybe in like 2015 or something, they changed to the International Culinary Center to be more mm-hmm. inclusive and, and worldly. Um, mm-hmm. Not just so French cooking. <laughs> Not just French cooking. Um, <laughs> so I did that, and that was cool. What um, was the experience like? Was it like... I feel like mostly from a male perspective, especially, I feel like I know those stories of like, it was like boot camp and craziness. Like, what was your perspective on it? <laughs> so funny because I do not have that perspective. <laughs> that, that being said, I also didn't go to like, you know, a four year or two year program. I went right. to a program that you spend four months in the classroom and then you do two months outside of the classroom at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I did so at my the reason I chose this program was because the program was developed in partnership with Dan Barber's of Blue Hill at Stone Barns or Blue right. Hill. Yeah. And it was a farm to table focused program, which was like really my driving passion for getting into the industry. Like I was like falling in love with like farmers markets. I went to school in Ithaca. Like I was surrounded by yeah. this lots of produce. Produce. <laughs> I was surrounded by the veggies. And um and I loved them. And um I wanted to be surrounded by more of them. So I did this four month program and it was fun. I like made friends. It was it was kind of hard work, but like yeah. it was exciting to be back in school and for the first time doing something that I really was interested in. Like I was not a good student. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I always struggled in school. I have severe ADHD. Like I was in all of those special needs classes. And, and that mm-hmm. was really hard as a kid and, and really damaging to my confidence. Right. Um, definitely, and stuff that I'm like working through now. I like just started going <laughs> to therapy and I'm like, ah. Um, yeah. It's like, but, oh yeah, that shit fucked me up. All that right. shit <laughs> fucked me up. It's so weird. Um, but then for the first time, I was like on a dean's list and mm-hmm. like one of the highest performing in my class and it Isn't was it like funny when you like actually really really care about something how much easier it is to just like focus and show up and do oh this. god i mean say it. <laughs> it's terrible i don't know how to focus otherwise though like i wish <laughs> I, mean, I could yeah. carry that <laughs> um but it's the only thing that gets me to focus i mean i have had a to-do list of things that are not cooking related that just sits on my desk for so long because I can't focus on it but like tell me that I have an event in two days and I'll like be you know yeah in in what's the what do they call it in Seoul um oh. in the zone or yeah, like in the zone oh, in the zone in, in Seoul they they do call it is it just in the zone or is there something else they call it I know what you're talking about when that you're like in that, <laughs> I've watched it like six times. I'm obsessed <laughs> with that movie because it, it really is like finding your spark is beautiful, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, it doesn't have to be career related. Yeah. Um, lucky but for something people that you're like passionate you and I, it is. About. Yeah. Right. I mean, it really is. That's for me, like, and I've used that as sort of like a North star for everything that I do and how I like kind of pursue my career and, and, and try to like, figure out what I'm going to do next every time. It's like, what is exciting to me? What is going to like make me go and be excited to work this 18 hour day, you know, <laughs> because ultimately 100%. in it, you know, you, you know, in the film world, it's very similar to the cooking world. They're long days and you're on your feet and it's exhausting and frustrating, but like you, you have to be like, what's going to make me want to be there. <laughs> you know, Totally. Yeah. And, and it's, and the reward in us having that type of day is mm-hmm. there's a physical outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like and it's, re- it's rewarding. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, it's a special thing to make, take that leap of faith in yourself mm-hmm. when you, you know, when you've done a, when you're in a career that you've done because you think that it's the right way to path or because you think yeah. it's the path that'll get you where you need to go or want to go. And then you're like, well, screw this. I really like something like I really have a hobby. Yeah. But it's more than a hobby to me. It's something that I want to do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I mean, take I, that leap of faith is huge. It really is. And like, you really have to believe in yourself, but it's also like, 
you got to have that little bit of a support system. And I, you know, when you mentioned like calling your family and being like, what do you guys think? Yeah. Like, I did the same thing. I literally was like, will you disown me if I like uh, throw away the college degree I just uh, spent four years getting. <laughs> I mean, I feel so guilty for it. <laughs> My school was $200,000. That's insane. <laughs> $200,000. Yeah. But hey, you do have, you do use some of those skills now, even if you don't think that you are using them. I'm sure You're some right. of it is still applying. You're still, you know, writing emails. <laughs> it's true on podcasts here, here we are and it's, it, it's actually true and, and now more than ever mm-hmm. um I use InDesign to create menus for my clients like when go. I do private events I like I keep it as this like special service for my clients I'm like by the way like I can create a custom menu for you that says like Angela's 30th birthday or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. and like it'll have a menu written out like it could be in your favorite colors blah 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 and I design it and I make it sexy and I send it off and I'm like print this and put it on your table and you know like having those yeah marketing the- ideas or whatever is good those skills are super helpful like I find now like because because I have those skills from studying calm like I also minored in graphic design so like oh it's a lot easier for me to market myself like yeah. I can I can do my own website I don't have to pay someone to do my website I can like make my proposals look really nice you know right <laughs> like that's no, it's true. like no matter what you're doing uh now but like having those marketing skills so that you can market yourself especially as an independent uh like essentially freelancer you know or starting your own company 100%. like you need that skill um so yeah I think it was worth the 200k <laughs> sure <laughs> it right, kills so, me to say it out loud but yes I know like let's I mean listen welcome to America you know what I mean? oh, it's just, that's for another podcast I know on a different topic that's for the, my politics podcast that I'm going to yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so then after culinary school, I know before you started doing private stuff, you did you you worked in restaurants for a while, right? Because I know now you do a lot yes. of private chefing. <laughs> I do private chefing. Private chefing. Um, but so then you went and worked in restaurants for how long did you do that for? I did that for 2017 to 2000 I, for three years yeah it's crazy to say though because it feels like it was for so much longer than that I mean but I bet I, I correct me if I'm wrong but I'm sure that you were working probably like 80 hour weeks so you can really yes. just double it and say it was six years <laughs> it's, I mean it is so, so true so so true sometimes there would be like a 12 day stretch yeah you know <laughs> if I wanted a day off it was like okay, great. You'll work 14 days. Yeah. To get that day off. Okay. Um, (laughs) One day off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, it was crazy. It was, it was good. I mean, listen, I feel like I experienced what that true idea of restaurant life is like where, you know, you're in that tough kitchen. I spent, I spent um, a bit over three months at Blue Hill at Stone Barns. Mm -hmm. That's where I did my internship. Um, yeah. And so that was the first kitchen that I ever worked in. Yeah. Um, was that intimidating when you first stepped in there? Yes. <laughs> yes. I was so small. Okay. Like you are, you are fairly short. I will give you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I didn't mean physically. I know, yes. I know. <laughs> it's true. I was small. There were a lot of like tall foreign people around, you know, a lot of like, <laughs> like hot foreign chefs. Um, but um it was I actually like in my second week there I got second and third degree burns on my entire right hand um no yeah it was terrible and I was gone for like three weeks to a month um yeah there's really not much you can do because you kind of need both hands to cook oh yeah (laughs) let alone like be near heat and yeah, like oh I, God. I'm serious like it was bad news I had to go to like a burn center and then like oh yikes I've never been in such pain in my life um physically um, yeah emotionally maybe different. um <laughs> but um so that was pretty crazy uh that was I mean the, my first restaurant experience and and it was that true classic 
uh, fine dining restaurant kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was cool because I got to learn the front of house a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to learn, see what happens in the back of house and be a part of it. And after that bird, I went back and like, you know, blessing and curse, like they had to put me on like the garmage station, which is a step up from where the interns usually are. Um, in the, in the, Keep away like, from the heat. <laughs> literally. Um, I couldn't work on the amuse station, which is like the tiny little starters. And yeah. I had to go to like the step up. So <laughs> that was pretty sick. Um so I guess blessing in disguise. Exactly. You, all exactly. you had to do is sacrifice your literal skin. <laughs> My, it's back. It grew back. It grew back. It's That's fine. The thing about I have skin, like some it grows loss. back. The epidermis is an amazing thing. I lost a little pigmentation between my knuckles, but that's about it. Oh, that's um, fair. It's fine. That, that is fair. Um, so that was that was that experience. And then I moved on like literally the next day after I finished that. I like mm-hmm. went to go do a stage at um at Lilia. Mm-hmm. And I ended up there for two years. Or cool. A little under two years. Um yeah. and that was again like that was like where I learned how to be a cook. Um, right. and spending a year and nine months there was like five years in my mind um, yeah because I learned everything there but I also right. dealt with really tough people mm-hmm. really tough chefs um, yeah the true experience I felt like really alone while I was there like very lonely yeah how big are these staffs like at Lilia how how many people in the kitchen there were usually seven of us on the line Mm-hmm. Um, including like I guess including pastry. Uh, yeah, it was like seven people in the kitchen. Yeah, at night. Was um, it very siloed, or was it like you had to know every thing of everything so that you could swap in and out of any uh station at any point? It was siloed, but with growth, that ended up being the case. Um, That's good. That's good. Yeah, like there were nights where I'd be like working the saute station. After, mm-hmm. after, you know, like, cause I was like training around, you know, yeah. um, I'd be working the saute station so that when pasta station got busy, I could move over there. Like, right. it yeah. was, you know, like it was like strategically placed and yeah, I, there was only one station at that restaurant that I didn't work to, I guess, including pastry, but yeah. And that, I mean, that gives you a really well-rounded, uh, sort of experience of, like, you know, it's not just you spent two years doing saute. It's like you did all the different right. things. Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I flipped pasta for a year in that <laughs> restaurant. Like, I could flip pasta for the rest of my life, if I'm quite honest with you. <laughs> I love pasta so much. Me too. I made That's up a song been my about quarantine it thing. You made up a song about pasta? Yeah, I have to think of what it was. <laughs> I, I really want to. I went into uh, Greenpoint Fish, where I go all the time, and I like, made up a song about it and I and I sang it to one of the chefs there who I'm friends with and he called me Weird Al. I mean <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I need to think of the song. It was to the tune of another song. Anyway. My uh, my quarantine hobby has been um making pasta from scratch and then and then getting really into so- like pasta sauce sauces yes. from scratch. What's your what's your faves? Um Pasta wise, I just like I just like a linguine. I'm basic. Yeah, yeah or tagliatelle. Just give me a mm-hmm. thick, a thick long, uh, <laughs> a thick long mood. Yeah. Although if I'm, a, I, I can't make it myself, but I will say my favorite shape is cavatappi. I think it mm. has, has the best of everything. <laughs> I actually made some last night when I did that kids mac and cheese. It's it's perfect. It's like mac and cheese, but double enriched. It's just, yes. it's like macaroni, and it double ridge. inside and it's around. Perfect. It's the yeah. perfect shape. It is good shape. <laughs> um, and then sauce wise, yeah, I just do a lot of like, um, sort of like primavera stuff, mm. different vegetables in a red sauce. That's kind of my, my uh, wheelhouse. What about you? I'm What's drooling. your favorite pasta shape and sauce? I'm drooling. What is <laughs> I'm a sucker for a filled pasta with a really simple sauce. Mm, Like if like, like a pasta that's like perfect, like with a, with a great filling that Mm -hmm. like is super flavorful, but also like a really amazing, like very thin sheet of pasta around it. Yeah. And like a super simple sauce. Like, I mean, when I was working at Lilia, one of my favorite pastas was this like corn capoletti and it was like this corn and ricotta filling. Mm. um 
and the sauce was like now I'm trying to remember I don't even remember but I just remember it being like really simple like a butter sauce Mm -hmm, yeah and just like this like intensely corn filled that sounds really good also that's what you need for a filled pasta I hate when you get like a ravioli or something and it's like three inches thick of and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, no, this is not <laughs> delicate. I don't want to yeah. roll myself out after this. <laughs> like, this is a turnover. This is an empanada. This is not right. A- exactly. <laughs> we're not. At, we're not going for dim. Although I do like a thin dim sum too. I shouldn't even say that. But. Anyway, um, not to get fully off track, but I could make a whole other podcast only about pasta. Truly, we could. We should. We could. Honestly, and let's should. start a pasta cast. A pasta, a pa- pasta cast. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, Molly Baz just did one all about sandwiches. Now. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so we can do it. Um, so what got you like, okay, not to like reveal the elephant in the room, but recently you appeared on Chopped, which was incredible and you you. were uh successful in your endeavor (laughs) and won uh congratulations thank you so much (laughs) but um so I want to know like did you get into doing private chef work before you started you had the opportunity to be on chopped or after before um so how did you get into that yeah the pandemic pandemic sense yeah totally like it was a different avenue I guess when the pandemic hit I was like, I was working at Ernesto's, which mm-hmm. loved the team there, loved my like my the opportunity to be there. I was on mm-hmm. the opening team. I learned a lot about that. Um, but I think I was like sort of exhausted of being a woman in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be real. Like I, it's a lot. Like it's a lot. It's a it's a big weight to carry. And mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I give so many, I give so much credit to women who do it for a really long time. I mean, like yeah. it's and and it's just a big it's a big yeah um that's again a whole other podcast but yeah and it's not also not like you know uh you work for a couple days on one gig and then you're done it's like it's every day and for you know 12 to 16 hours a day like (laughs) it's exhausting it's exhausting um and I'm not saying that they were that there was any reason why I should why Ernesto's was exhausting for me as a woman Mm. in the kitchen it's just the The whole thing the industry is, and, and, and in general, whoever, yeah. whatever gender you are, whatever, whoever you are, um, mm-hmm. I, it felt like a relief. Mm-hmm. I had a life. I saw Christian, which was cool. We weren't <laughs> just like shadows passing in the night when he had 5 a.m. call times and I was sleeping till 1 p.m. and getting home at 1 a.m., yeah. you know, um, and um, that was really sick. So I had a life and I like saw my friends and family on weekends. And then what a thought, huh? I mean, it was crazy. I didn't revolutionary. I I totally forgot what that was like. (laughs) Um, And then opportunities just started to come up. Mm -hmm. Um, We started doing some of this production stuff. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine posted on Instagram that I had, I have done some dinners, right? Like I've done like dinners here and there for like, 10 people, whatever, where I just like kind of go to their house and prepare them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my friend posted on Instagram was like looking for a private chef. And I just like, was like, Hey, you know, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, And so that was my first time like cooking for a family. Um, And that's been really cool. um, Mm -hmm. Doing that for people who have really nice kitchens and homes that I can work in. Um, (laughs) Because they're not going to use those $5,000 stoves. They're not, but you are. (laughs) I will. Oh, I will. I will use it all. I will use that beautiful grill outside. I will use all of it. Um, Your five fridges to fill, um, which is awesome and spacious and unlike my easy bake oven and, um, you know, mini fridge in my Your kitchen. Brooklyn easy bake oven, mini yeah. fridge setup. <laughs> it is a miserable place, but we make do with what we have. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, so that's been the last like year. Um, mm-hmm. and it's been really cool and I'm into it. I like it. Yeah. I have creative freedom. My schedule isn't as exhausting. Yeah. Um, even if I am working weekends or nights, like it's, it's not, you know, it's not mm-hmm. kitchens. It's flexible. Yeah. And New York is is a a good place to do that, you know. 
Because it's, I mean, the people, the kind of people that, uh, you know, have private chefs live here, one, but two. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. Um, It's like, there's a lot, there's also like, you can very easily get out to the Hamptons or upstate or anything like that for, for those types of clients. And I bet it's like really interesting and weird at times to like sort of show up, rock up to these houses and be like, carrying your bags of groceries (laughs) and everything. Be like, I'm here. (laughs) And I drive a 2009 banged up Ford Focus <laughs> in silver. It's a sight. I mean, yeah. like, toot, toot, I'm here. <laughs> literally, my car's like my brakes when I stop in their beautiful driveway in the Hamptons, like <laughs> overlooking the bay. And I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, pulling up, loading six totes on either arm, like <laughs> waddling in the house and throwing all my stuff. I mean, it's awesome. I, I really do like it. And it's creative freedom and it's, it's something new. Um, mm. It's cool. And I get to interact with the people that I'm cooking for. Like, you know, obviously yeah. like, it's not like, you know, buddies or friends or anything like that. And you are very much alone. So there's no camaraderie like you do have in kitchens. Yeah. Unfortunately, I never felt like, I never felt a strong sense of camaraderie in kitchens, except for maybe in like one experience where I mm-hmm. like ended up making some really close friends through like a pop-up, um, yeah. you know, here and there I became close with people, but I just never felt that bond that a lot of people get out of kitchen life. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's kind of nice. <laughs> just do my own Solitude. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Have, um, here's, I just, uh, just a little curious What's like, have you gotten any like strange food requests from, from these private clients? Any like, any like weird standout like meals that you're like, what the heck? Or no, is it pretty standard stuff? (laughs) I'll tell you, I wish (laughs) nobody tells you what they want. They, they, you just have to come up with stuff for them, which I think is the most challenging part because how can you just tell somebody what they want to eat? Yeah. Like so I, you probably I just, just get a list of like dietary restrictions and then it's like, here you go. Whatever exactly. fits in this. <laughs> exactly. Anything in this wheelhouse will flow. And yeah. then you make something and it's like, and then you like look at the plate afterwards and it's like, there's a bunch pushed over to the side. I'm like, well, clearly something in there wasn't like, it's either yeah. a spice or, yeah. you know, it's, you know, whatever it is. I mean, that that's ha- not that that's happened to you. But- <laughs> it's on them it's not me no it, it really has not happened often but sometimes you'll see like because like you know I put out things I, I do family style so mm-hmm. so you know you'll put something out and you'll see that like you end up with a bowl full of food still or or whatever mm-hmm. and, and it's not it's not personal it's pr- people's preferences yeah, like totally sometimes the salad's all gone and there's still a whole bowl of potatoes because somebody didn't want carbs that day yeah you know like yeah um and that's cool yeah it's 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 such an interesting world I actually know in my life one other person who is very similar to you in in that they are a private chef and also a chopped champion (laughs) really yes yeah well Uh, you have to give me their name okay yeah, she go, she goes by Chefline. Uh, her name's Kathleen, but like her like uh, Instagram presence is Chefline, and she was on okay. the show. She was on Chopped like uh, twenty nineteen or eighteen, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. I'll I'll, I'll send you her Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> please do, please do. Yeah, um, I know her because I worked on a video with her a couple of years ago um, for the for the big big egg. The Incredible Egg Lobby, <laughs> the Incredible Edible Egg. No Like it's way. like the egg lobby. Mm-hmm. The Incredible Edible Egg. Exactly. It's Clearly like, not it's, a singer. It's not even. <laughs> I think it was good. You are Weird Al, so it's fine. Weird Al. Um, so that kind of like brings me to so like when you you and Christian started collaborating, uh, him uh, being you know a video guy and you being a food gal uh, collaborating on creating sort of your own food media and now you're working you know even with clients now creating stuff for outside brands did you just start it as like oh it would be really fun to film some recipes like your own recipes basically is that how you guys got started doing that or well, I wish that was the case because we never, we never film me unless there's like a purpose. And I would really <laughs> like to change that. Um, but it's a lot already like working with him. So yeah. I feel like, you know, getting him to do personal stuff with me is, is 
maybe in the winter when things slow down. But <laughs> it started because when the pandemic hit, a friend of mine started a little company, basically like a farm to table, uh, uh, sorry, a farmer's market on wheels. How cool. Of, like getting produce and goods from mm-hmm. the Hudson Valley and bringing them to New York. Um, cool. And it was a really dope service. Um, and they were just starting the website. And I like messaged her and I was like, how can I get involved with you? Yeah. And she was like, I just, she's like, I don't know. I just really need like content. And I was like, okay. So yeah. like, and I was kind of like half joking, I think when I said like, okay, like send me groceries, I'll make recipes and my boyfriend will shoot them. Yeah. And she was like, okay, go so on you the just website like straight and let up me know what you want. Yourself. You were like, I'll, I can, I can do this for you. You want yeah. content? Let me get you some content. <laughs> I got you content. I got you content right here. Um, I guess, I, well, before that daily harvest was reaching out to chefs. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Asking them to like put out like, like they sent me some flatbread and they were like, hack our flatbread. And so mm-hmm. I did that and Christian shot it. And we were like, hmm, okay. This could um, be something. Yeah. Yeah. So that it, it just sort of started a sort of like snowballed from there. Um, and then a company that Christian had done, had shot for in the past, mm-hmm. you know, picked us up as a regular weekly client. So we have had, we've been doing work for them since the winter. Cool. Um, every single week mm-hmm. um um and then shay mm-hmm. um christian sibling brought us on or, or through their company who knew us from different projects yeah um, i had catered one of their production sets before and christian's worked with them many times um yeah they got this coca-cola thing and they took a chance on us really yeah got, like shay and their coworkers like re- kind of were like hey like you think guys think you could do this? Like, do you guys think you could handle this? And we were like, hell yeah, we could handle this. (laughs) Um, We were like, give it to me and let's find out. (laughs) Let's go, baby. I remember getting a text from Shay being like, hey, like, Shay texts really funny. She like, or they like send like, you know, one text at a time. So you're always kind of left like, uh, (laughs) like, what's next? (laughs) Hey, they're like, hey. 30 Coke minutes later. Project. Yeah, like literally though. <laughs> hey, Coke Project. You and Christian, question mark? I'm, like, call me. Probably didn't answer my call after that. But yeah, like, like, I'm, like, I'm like, what is that What's mean? happening? <laughs> <laughs> no, basically they were like, let's get on a call in an hour and like, I want to run you through this and see if you'd be interested and be able to do it. Yeah. And that was it. That's great. Cool. I mean, yeah. you guys knocked it out of the park. I was there. I saw it firsthand. Crushed it. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for being my saving grace those days. Seriously. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. And I think, um, I think like sets like that and work like that, where it is obviously like you and Christian have a great vibe just by nature of that you're in a relationship and you know each other so well, but also like the people you brought together, it was a really like, uh, a good a good crew of people who it was just like a lot of fun and um I think that that's so important even like when we were going back and talking about like the restaurant stuff a few minutes ago it's like one of the things that is important on these long shoot days is just having good people who can like make a joke and laugh and aren't going to take it too seriously but will take it seriously enough to get things done and make sure it looks good and it's absolutely know, a quality product but also you know it's uh it's stressful and long days and sometimes it's you know dangerous and exhausting work but also like there's no it's not brain surgery here like it's not we're not saving lives (laughs) it's hard to remember that when you're in it yeah right like yeah there's a common saying in kitchens it's it's just dinner (laughs) i mean it seems like it wouldn't be like a common saying or whatever but it is like it's yeah it's just dinner. It's like, just dinner. It's not like I've cried. I've, you know, I've been miserable. Blah, blah, blah. And I think that a lot of, and you're right, that camaraderie, that com- camaraderie, 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 yeah, camaraderie <laughs> um, is super important. And uh-huh. I think, you know, and I know that there are a lot of people in kitchens who, who found that, um, yeah. who find that. And I think that's a huge part of what makes somebody like, successful in wanting to work in kitchens long term right Mm -hmm. like you're able to 
have that with people. And for me, like, I don't know what it was, but I just didn't find that a lot. Like in, maybe it was just, maybe it was just at Lilia where I was working for the longest. Maybe that turned me off to it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, I think probably it it has a lot to do with the, the, you know, whoever is around you, like you could have ended up at a different restaurant with a completely different set of people and maybe you've had a completely different experience. Sure. Right. It's true. And at Ernesto's, I did have that. Like I had yeah. people, you know, I liked, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. the people, but it, yeah. not enough to like stay forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, 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 the uh, beautiful thing now is like when you're doing more of this, uh, you're, you have the ability to choose your own projects. You know, you say yes to clients, you, you, you know, whether it's private chef work or doing uh, video stuff and content, food content, you're, you're, you're accepting them, you know, uh, you, you always have the ability to say yeah. no, if you think they're going to be like toxic or something. And then the same thing when you have to hire staff or crew, it's like you pick the people that, you know, you think are, are not only going to do the job well, but also be pleasant to have around. So you get the opportunity totally. to build your own family which makes things a lot nicer. <laughs> totally. And it's true. Yeah. Like that set that we were on, like that was such a blast. Like, yeah, we had a great and time. like we had a great time. And like, I was able to bring like my friend, my friend Ben from culinary school who I adore and yeah. Aristide who I competed on with on Chopped. Like, yeah. I mean, that was the coolest thing. Like being able to bring him from Seattle twice. Yeah. I mean, like it was like, amazing and yeah. then like my friend Chris who I worked with at Blue Hill my friend Genevieve who I worked, it was like pulling all these family members from my different work experience who I didn't yeah. really care about and enjoy yeah um you know it was fun to create that family yeah and and you know the the good thing is like listen we're all we're all young little sprites here we're, we're not old yet like you know it's like this is the you know the first 10 years of our career of our careers, you know, we're about the same age and like, it's only going to get, it's only going to expand and grow that family and grow that network from there. Hopefully, you know, (laughs) I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Um, so, all right, now I got to ask the hard hitting questions. Let's go. Tell me about chopped. (laughs) Oh, let's, let's do it. Um, I will say if I can, if, if there's one thing that I would love to say, for someone else to hear, maybe more people to hear, is that they didn't tell my damn story. Okay, they so they didn't all right. tell my story. Well, all right, first, let, I, I do. Let's get into that, but really quick, take me through how, like, <laughs> how'd you, like, what led you to even apply? I didn't. They slid in my DMs. Oh no, shit. Yeah, in the DMs, slid up in the DMs. I was like, hell, fucking no, I'm not doing yeah. this. Um, and Christian and I were in California at the time, like sort of on like a vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I call it vacation. And, and I got the DM and I was like, wait, what? Like, no, I know that this is what they do. Like these casting agencies mm-hmm. slide into chef's DMs all the time from all different yeah. shows. And, and a lot of times, like, and there's a stigma around it. There's a stigma mm-hmm. in the restaurant industry world that doing these shows is lame. Yeah. Which is stupid. Because yeah. I won ten grand in one day. Yeah. So also like who is lame now? Exactly. Um, that. And also like especially some of these chefs who like have their own restaurants. It's like now you just got free marketing for your restaurant. Free <laughs> marketing. It, it's true. Free yeah. marketing. Yeah. And like it does. I will say like the coolest thing about chef is that like I mean chopped is that it takes it requires all of the skills that make a successful chef in order to be successful on that show. You right. have to manage your time. You have to be creative. You have mm-hmm. to know how to hustle. Yeah. Um, and you have to think on the fly and come and be a problem solver. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are like five things that make you a really good chef. Mm-hmm. So those are important. Yeah. Um, and perform under pressure. Because there's a pressure. camera in your face and they're talking to you while you're trying to concentrate. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Except for that. The director came up to me afterwards and was like, I got to tell you, you make for pretty good entertainment. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? And he was like, well, if you weren't talking to yourself, you were quite literally talking to your food. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Um Um, um OK, so then so then you you, you get convinced to go on. Yes. And and then so take me through the process of like so so explain to me 
so you're saying that they didn't tell your story properly. What what happened? How did it go down? And and then what's the true story? Okay, so the story, yeah. So I got on the show, um, and I, you know, they told me that it was a good a good hook, um, which was a true hook. It was a story of my year, which is that I got COVID mm-hmm. um, when the world shut down. Yeah, and it was part of why I didn't go back to to restaurants too. Is that I lost my sense of taste and smell. And yeah. I didn't gain it back until I still don't have it back 100%, which has yeah. been a huge struggle. It's, it was an identity crisis. Especially and I talked about that on the show. Do. You need that. Totally. Totally. And like the judges on the show were like, wait, so you mean to tell me? Like, it would have been great TV. They were like, so you mean to tell me this whole time, like, that you've been cooking in our kitchen, like, the last round or two? Like, mm-hmm. you haven't been able to smell or taste anything. I'm like, no, no, I haven't. I have not been able to. Yeah. Um, my senses are really, really skewed. Um, and if I can smell things, oftentimes it's my brain is perceiving that it's something else or it's right. really bizarre. It's really yeah. bizarre. I've, I've heard some stories of like, it, even if you can smell some stuff, it smells like dirt or something like that, or like things oh just are all off. I, totally. I, I can't imagine the struggle that that must be especially for what you do. Like, I know it's like annoying and really frustrating for people that aren't chefs. Yeah, <laughs> But no, for it's... people that are literally needing to smell and taste to do their job effectively. <laughs> oh my God. It was, I was, I will openly say I was severely depressed for a while. Like, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, like uh, like through the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of why we took this three-week hiatus to California because I was like, I gotta get out of here. Like, I gotta like be sensory in some way. Like, being in yeah. my apartment wasn't sen- literally wasn't sensory. Like, which yeah. is what I realized now. I needed to be in nature and outside and yeah. try and get myself smelling like things and whatever. Yeah, it was. more than just, just trying to smell a bag of coffee or whatever they tell you to do. <laughs> totally, I had like smell training kits from some foundation in the UK, and and I was like, t- and I take, I still do. I take zinc, I take vitamin D, I take um, fish oil, all to try and help get that all like brain function back. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so, it's so crazy. But like, here you are still like persevering and still going out and, 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 and doing your work despite that. Uh, I mean, I really have to commend that. That's, it shows uh fortitude and strength. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very, I'm very grateful that I, I have a lot of it back now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I actually have a lot of, I think I, I put a lot of that gratitude towards the vaccine. Yeah. Like once I got vaccinated, I really like a lot of my senses started coming back. Huh. Interesting. It, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know yeah. what that is. Maybe no it's knows. placebo. Like, maybe yeah. it's placebo. I have no idea. Yeah. But, well, um, hey. or maybe it was coincidence, but. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, they left that off the show. And so you, you, you said it on the day, but then it was like edited out apparently. Is that what it was? Like, yeah. You, like these conversations, you had them when you were there, but then they didn't make the final cut basically. Totally. And okay. also part of that story was the fact that, and I'm not saying this, like I, and this was part of the story. They mm-hmm. used my grandfather as the hook for me on the show because he was a baseball fan and it was baseball themed. And um my grandfather oh, passed away due to complications of covid oh, yeah. and I'm sorry to hear that yeah thank you and i miss him and it was a great tribute to him but like they didn't say that they didn't even say that he had passed away like they they, they, they totally cut it all out because i think yeah. most likely because their audience is probably a lot of people who see covid as that's kind as, of what i'm thinking too yeah exactly it's like they, um, don't, they don't want to be controversial by talking about a very real thing that is ta- which is like the story of our lives right yeah. now we're all are struggling from it i can um, imagine this 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 network exec conversation being like oh like i don't know covid is kind of like sad and we don't want this to be sad it's like but well it's reality so <laughs> totally and and like every one of those shows as sob stories like i thought yeah. that it would be a good story you know and they thought it would be a good story too the day of um mm-hmm. but i was bummed because everybody else who i competed with had their story told and and i and I'm, and they ended up using a lot of the scripted lines of like, I'm just in it for the 10 K and like, I'm not oh, walking so- out of here without that money, which like are things that everybody has to say when you go on that show, yeah. but they used them, which sucked, you know? Yeah. It is. Uh, that's a bummer. They did you dirty in the edit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, they ended up, it was fine. I looked, I, I don't think that I looked like I was mean, mean or greedy and I looked, yeah. you know, I, 
I was, I, I'm, I'm okay with the way that it was perceived, you know, mm-hmm. like so proud and all that, but yeah, but that's not who I am. So, yeah. I mean, ultimately you, I hope that you can take solace in the fact that you know what happened on the day and also your fellow competitors know what happened and so, like, you know, it, it, and know the actual reality of totally. <laughs> how things went down. So, you know, that's totally. all that matters. Who cares about random people on, on, a out in the TV land, you know? <laughs> oh my God. I have, I got, I have about, I guess it did me well because I have about, uh, 200 middle America Republican men who follow me on Instagram now. <laughs> it's your new demo, Alex. Oh my God. Gotta cater to the demo. <laughs> I guess so. I lost a few followers when I posted some pro vaccination stuff. <laughs> I was like, bye, sweetie. <laughs> Later. Um, we don't need you anyway. <laughs> um those shows are a trip though i um had the very weird experience of being uh on camera talent for a bon appetit show that was like amateur cooks no Uh, way yeah and i got to film in the test kitchen uh it was really fun and this was like before they imploded yeah (laughs) yes before they got canceled yeah (laughs) this was actually right before they got canceled it was literally february of 2020 um wow but uh but it's so stressful and and they and they tell you they tell you what to say in the sound bites and they really put you on the spot in those interviews so listen i understand it's tough (laughs) it's tough and and like people always ask me okay so like was it real like like and yeah. I'm like, yes, the cooking part was real. Right. Like, I, yeah. you really are in that situation where, like, you open yeah. a basket and you have, like, less than a minute to figure out what the hell you're going to make with it. Yeah. Like, that, that is real. The time is real. All of that. Yeah. It's so fast. It is what too. you see. And it's a lot of running. Everything is far away. <laughs> that kitchen was huge because it was like their like special edition kitchen, which was really like their spaced out COVID kitchen. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, so it was really big. Yeah. Um, and like they made fun of me for running. But you need to run. Gotta <laughs> run, baby. You gotta hustle. I wore my running sneakers that day and I am so glad I did. Yeah, you got to. I was doing that when I did the BA thing and that kitchen is small, but we had to keep running back to the walk-in. We like- <laughs> that is so cool. I want to hear about that. I want to see it. You have to send me the link. Oh yeah, I'll send you the link. I did not win. I I came in second, but I probably would have lost, but the other person, there was three of us, and then the other person didn't finish her stuff. So I came in second. <laughs> pretty cool. I mean, listen, it doesn't matter how. It's like how I burned myself and ended up on garbage day at Blue Hills Stone Barns. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I I I had avocado in my thing, and I so real quick about me. I um st- in two thousand twelve, I stabbed myself clear through the hand, cutting an avocado with a, a chef's knife all the way through, in and out. I severed a nerve and my my tendons and had to have two surgeries. <laughs> I know that um, this is gonna be just audio. Yeah. So I'm gonna say out loud that I have my hand over <laughs> my mouth. I am stunned and I am cringing. I don't know if you can see that no one at home can see this, but do you see that? I can see scar? that. I can see uh, that. That's a crazy scar. It looks like yeah. the blade of a chef's knife. Yep. Went through um, your hand. And when I, it was really traumatic. I had, I still don't have full functionality or full feeling in my hand. And that was 10 years ago. And then when I went on the Bon Appetit show, I had avocado in my thing. And so what happened when it happened to me originally was that the pit cracked in half. And so as I was taking the pit out, it cracked in half and I just went straight through and basically pinned the avocado to myself. And then it happened again. The pit cracked when I was filming in the test kitchen on camera, but I didn't want to like call for a medic because we were like, it was like 30 seconds left. So I just like wrapped my hand in a towel and like hit it behind my back. Because I was like, oh, I don't want anyone my- to know about this. Angela, <laughs> if you need to, maybe we need to talk about your technique. <laughs> my technique is bad. Um, okay. <laughs> I know what I did wrong the first time. I know what I did wrong the second time. The second time it was purely because I was rushing and it didn't go, it didn't go all the way through. I just nicked myself the second time. Okay. But the pit did crack and and I nicked myself. Yeah. That's really messed up. What, where do you not have feeling? 
Um, basically most of my middle finger <laughs> and, uh, because oh, I severed the tendon in the, uh, the middle of my hand here and the nerve that goes up this side of, so I can't feel the left half of my middle finger. <laughs> That's <laughs> So I could like put insane. this on a stove and I wouldn't feel it. That's insane. Yeah. That's wild. And um, so, like, what was that like? Like, they do stitches on both sides. Did they have to do surgery on your hand? Like, yeah, I had, uh, I had uh, two surgeries. I had, oh my god, one surgery to repair the uh, the tendon because it's ba- like it would just still like not really fully functional, but like because basically, like, my finger was just like flopped because I had like I couldn't pull it. Uh, and then when that healed a little bit, they realized that the, I had also severed a nerve because the feeling never came back. So then I had other surgery to repair the nerve, but that didn't really work very well um, because I still don't have full feeling. Holy <laughs> <So>. crap! <laughs> that yeah, is so. crazy! That's like, I get, Christian yells at me every time I cut an avocado. Here's the thing. My mom then bought me like, one of those sad avocado tools that's like a soft <laughs> thing that's like you're not allowed to use knives to cut avocados anymore <laughs> or fair. like just at least don't use a 12 inch chef's knife to cut an avocado okay that's fair too <laughs> that's okay. fair too you know fair 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 it's so cool that you got onto this bone up a tea thing though like that's really awesome thanks yeah like I mean, you really must do things in kitchen in kitchen must do things in kitchen i mean the casting process was more personality than anything they just asked for i had to do a video um and i filmed it while i was cooking and like talked to camera while i was doing stuff so i think that's what got me through but that's awesome yeah that's and uh and then i like they were like asked for a bunch of photos of like my thanksgiving feast that i had cooked (laughs) i was like here you go and somehow they put me on i don't know how (laughs) that's amazing but it was fun yeah, it must have been sick. I'm excited to look at it. Can yeah, I'll send it, it to you. Please. Um, and well, now like it's funny too. Now that I know like which burners in the the very expensive Bon Appetit test kitchen just simply don't work. <laughs> like oh. all this random shit. <laughs> yep, yep. That'll that. No matter no matter how nice it is, no matter how good the kitchen, <laughs> shit always breaks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. So. So. Now that you've like had that experience, what has it been like other than getting a bunch of random Instagram followers of, of like Republican men in, in Iowa? Um, Literally. <laughs> what is it? But has that like changed your uh, has that like kind of like had have you pivoted a little bit toward like trying to do more uh, media and put yourself more as talent? Or are you still sticking with what you had been doing before? Has it, has it impacted your trajectory in any way? I wish it has more. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I mean, it's I'm still not putting early. myself out there. Yeah. yeah it's only I think been I need like to put months. myself out there. Yeah. It, it aired it, it aired a month ago. Yeah. Um, which feels like a lo- much longer time ago, actually. Yeah. But it aired on August 5th or 3rd. August 3rd. Um, and, you know, like I, I had a call with a casting person. I wasn't as good at following up as I should have been. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they asked, I got a call to be on some like reality TV show that was like below deck for private chefs. And I was like, yeah, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> and um, I think that if I put myself out there more, mm-hmm. um, I could probably follow that. Yeah, that desire to be more of the talent, which I always have sort of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been so distracted by this Coca-Cola project that I really <laughs> have not put myself out there enough. Yeah. Um, but I mean, listen, it's been cool. Like it's, you know, like I, I should wear it as more of a badge of honor, I think. Um, yeah. I, it's I still think- early. There's still time. Is there? I feel like it died. I feel like it's dead. <laughs> no. But um no I, I i'd like to pursue that further for sure yeah so that's something that interests you is like you know not only being in the kitchen and and behind the scenes but also like you know do you do, do you like do uh would you be like do you like develop recipes and stuff is that like yeah. your bread and butter is that what you really like is i don't know where i'm going with this question <laughs> no it's fine it, yes i do i do develop recipes mm-hmm. um I don't, my problem is that I'm, I, my ADD keeps me from doing the things that would make me the most successful, which is actually <laughs> writing them down. 
um, <laughs> yeah. and taking the time to create videos. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really like film myself. Yeah. Time consuming and you have to plan it. Like I'm not just going to film, you know, myself making dinner every single night, like, because yeah. that's mostly when I'm developing recipes, right? It's like, I'm using right. what's in my fridge or what I got at the market and, yeah. and getting up in the kitchen for myself not I would say your Instagram is always interesting thank you <laughs> that's I'm the one trying. thing we get, we get an Instagram photo <laughs> I'm trying I know and like I try to be on my stories like I gotta be better about it I gotta yeah. do more um is there's always more to do though right it's like yeah. it's never enough <laughs> it's never enough yeah um I just don't I it sucks because I feel like in order to get to where I want to go, I need to mm-hmm. like I, I have this feeling where like I have to become an influencer, like I have to gain followers, I have to get more attention on my social media, and like mm-hmm. it's exhausting dealing with social media. Yeah, and um, it's such a double edged sword too because yeah, it's got so much bad associated with it as well as good. <laughs> it does. It yeah. does. Um, it's a fragile. It's a fragile ground to walk on. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, um, well, hey, I think that the opportunity is there. Uh, thank you. And I believe in you. Thanks, Angela. That means a lot. <laughs> I believe in you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex, for joining me on the show. It was such a pleasure to chat with you and learn more about your story and talk about food. One of the loves of my life. (laughs) If you'd like to see what Alex is up to, you can follow her on Instagram at Alex M. Baker. That's at A-L-I-X-M-B-A-K-E-R. And of course, you can also follow me on Instagram at Ange.Powell. That's it for this week, but we have more coming for you soon. So please like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you haven't already and you're listening to this, please rate and review. It would really help me out. And I'd just really appreciate if you could take one minute to do that. Anyway, I got more coming for you soon. But until then, I'll talk to you. Bye.